Surely we are running in a race and surely anybody can run in a race. But one of the things is this, that if you really are serious about running in a race, then you're going to exercise what? Self-control. Discipline. And Paul the Apostle is exhorting us that we must finish well. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Continuing our series in 1 Corinthians today, Raul will urge you to stay the course in your walk with God and remain alert to temptations that might lead you astray. Whether you followed the Lord for many years or you're a new Christian, it's easy to slide into a state of complacency and compromise without even realizing it. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's message titled, Christian Experience. Paul now in chapter 10, verses 1 to 22, he's going to actually speak to us about experience, how experience must be balanced by caution. By caution. And what's interesting is that he's going to give three warnings in verses 1 to 22. And what he's going to do is that Paul is going to be reminding us that experienced believers who were strong in the faith, that they had better not grow overconfident in their ability to overcome temptation. Temptation is always there for Christians. Always. And maybe the temptation of drinking or drugs or sex or money or power. Or something else. There is always something that Satan will use to tempt us. And try to disqualify us. And we have to be aware. Whatever the problem may be in your life. Whatever the situation may be in your life. You need to be aware that Satan is trying to disqualify you. If he can make you give in to temptation. You will be disqualified. From what God intended to do in your life. Look how he begins in chapter 10 verses 1 through 4 here. He says, Moreover, my brethren or Christians, I do not want you to be unaware or ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food. And they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Jesus Christ. Now notice that Paul takes you back, not to Genesis. But he takes you back to Exodus. And to Numbers. And he's going to actually tell you. Some of the problems that the people of God coming out of Egypt, going through the Red Sea, coming to the wilderness, and going to Canaan, that they had to face in order to get to the promised land. And he's going to tell you that not many of them made it to the promised land. But many of them died in the wilderness. Because they disobeyed God. 
They never, never finish well in their lives. Surely we are running in a race and surely anybody can run in a race. But one of the things is this, that if you really are serious about running in a race, then you're going to exercise what? Self-control. Discipline. Why? Because there are many people that will start on a race and then sometimes there are people that will start a race but they never finish well that race. And Paul the Apostle is exhorting us that we must finish well. It doesn't matter how you start. How are you going to finish? That's what matters. And so Paul here, the first thing that he does is he begins to deal with the book of Exodus and he says, now look you guys, you guys are Christians. I don't want you to be ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the Red Sea. Now why does he bring that up? Because he's trying to share with us that the people of God were not only helped by God in the Old Testament. The cloud was the Shekinah glory of God, not only protecting them from the sun and the heat, but also protecting them during the day to become a shade over them in the wilderness, in the desert. God's divine protection over the people of God. And as they came out of Egypt, and they were actually running from the Egyptian army, and Moses was leading the people of God, three million people, When they got down to the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds in the Old Testament. And they were getting ready to cross over the waters of the Red Sea were not actually heaped up. When Moses got to the actual end of the water right at the beginning of the Red Sea. The people of God, three million people, they began to look to the left and to the right. And to the right there were nothing but high rising mountains. Over to the left, high rising mountains. In front of them was a Red Sea. And behind them, the Egyptian army was coming. Coming after them. And they began to freak out. They began to panic. And Moses was brought to a place in his life. Where there were mountains to the right, mountains to the left. The Egyptian army pursuing after them, behind them. And the people panicking. And what did God want Moses to do? Sometimes God will bring you to the place where you look to the right, you look to the left. You actually look behind you and there's no way out. But there is only one way out. And that's to look up to God. You ever been there? I've been there many times. Why? Because people constantly are trying to what? To put their trust and confidence in themselves and not in God. Especially in tough situations like we find here in the book of Exodus. Where God brings the leader and the people to the actual beginning of the Red Sea. And the Egyptian army with chariots coming behind to kill these people. And on the right side, nothing but desert mountains. And on the left side and in front of them, the Red Sea. And now Moses has to look up. God wanted to make sure that Moses continued to speak to God. And as Moses submitted himself to God and he spoke to God, God gave him direction. He said, Moses, what's that in your hand? He says, it's a staff. 
He says, go ahead and touch the waters and this is what I'm going to do. And what happened? As he stepped in by faith into the water and laid his rod, the waters lifted up and they heaped up and there was a path through the Red Sea for the people of God to cross. Just as God said he would do it. You see, one of the things that we forget in the Old Testament is that a lot of things in the Old Testament are types of things to come. For example, Egypt. Egypt in the Old Testament is a type of what? It is a type of the world. A type of slavery and sin and the flesh. Before we came to Christ. That's what Egypt's about. And then when you come to the actual Red Sea. The Red Sea now coming out of Egypt. Coming out of my life of sin. Coming out of the life of the flesh. And now coming to the brim of the Red Sea and stepping into the waters of the Red Sea and walking on dry ground, symbolically, typology is what? It speaks of my identification now that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It becomes the believer's baptism. Identifying myself dead in Jesus Christ. You see? In the Old Testament. That's what Paul's talking about here in verses 1 through 4. He says, don't forget all those things that you went through. Verse 2, how all of you were baptized into Moses in the cloud in the Red Sea. You all ate the same spiritual food, manna. You all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Jesus Christ. The water of life that flows freely for every one of us that come to Jesus Christ. Imagine that. They missed it. That's why it says these things are written in the Old Testament one for our examples. That's why they're written. So that we can learn from them. So we don't make the same mistakes. And we can have no excuse why we sinned. We got the Old Testament to remind us. Look what else he says. Verse 5 to 12. The second warning. Good beginnings do not guarantee good endings. That's a good point. Good beginnings do not guarantee good endings. Now, how many times people say, Oh, you know, you know once I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian the rest of my life. Well, you, have, you might be. But how many people do you know in this congregation that started and got saved and they were on fire for God? But the question comes, where are they today? This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to helping you enjoy true communion with God as you walk with Him in faith. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. For convenient access to even more Bible-based resources, download our free app. Here's Raul once again with the final part of today's lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look what he says here. This is pretty interesting. Verse 5. He says, but with most of them... God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Notice that. What did God do? God killed them. God chastened them. 
He took their lives. Hey, we read the same thing in the book of Corinthians and in the book of Hebrews. Whoever the Lord loves, he disciplines. You see? Like a father, his own child. That's why I tell you that no one in this room, not even myself, can ever get away with sin. If you're a real Christian, you can't. If you're not a real Christian, you can for a little time. And then you're going to be judged. But if you're a real child of God and you're really a Christian, you cannot get away with any type of sin. Why? Because God loves me so much that He's going to discipline me. Just like He did His people. It probably would take 30 days to enter the promised land right where they were. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses wrote Deuteronomy, 30 days before they entered in and right before he died. But 40 years it took them because of their fleshly appetites. They did not fully separate themselves to God. And notice, and they had a lack of faith in God. That's why God punished them. And they died. And you could go backwards and follow the road. And you could count the carcasses that died in the wilderness. Their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents died. In the wilderness. Only Joshua and his generation. Were able to cross over. To the promised land. Look at verse 6. Here God says. Now these things. Became our examples. To the intent that we. Should not lust after evil things. As they also lusted. After the leeks. After the meat, after the bread, after the water, after sex, after all these things. Hey, we got examples. We're without excuse. We can't murmur, we can't complain, we can't continue to sin. Why? Because these things are written for our examples. All you got to do is read the Bible. And then you're accountable. Pretty heavy, what Paul is saying here. Verse 7. And do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat, to drink, and they rose up to play. Remember in the book of Exodus? Who's he talking about? Aaron. When Moses was up in Mount Sinai, getting the Ten Commandments. And when Moses came down, God said to him, Hey Moses, I hear the people and they're having a party. You better get down. And when Moses was coming down with the Ten Commandments of Tablets, remember? What did the people do? They had come to Aaron and they said, Aaron, we don't know what happened to Moses. He's been gone for 40 days and 40 nights. Why don't you go ahead and make us a God? And they brought their gold earrings and their bracelets and all their gold. And he took it and he actually melted all the gold. And what did he do? He made a golden calf for them to worship. And they worshiped it. And by the time Moses came, the golden calf was there. And you know what was going on? There were orgies going on in the camp. When it says they were playing, it means they were having sexual orgies. It doesn't mean they were playing ping pong. (laughs) Notice what it says. They rose up to play. They were in an orgy. 
And when Moses saw it, he threw down the tablets and he says, okay, whoever is on God's side, get over here. And those that are not in God's side, stay there. And those that stay there, what happened? The earth opened up and swallowed them. Immediate judgment. God killed them. God won't put up with sin. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Paul says the reason that some people come to the communion table... And you should really be careful when you take the bread and the cup. Why? Because in the past, he says, many have come to the communion table. They were not walking in obedience to God. And they became sick, weak, and even died. That's what he says. We have to be careful. We're dealing with the holy things of God. We're dealing with God himself in holiness. And so Moses here is not only giving us information, but Paul is telling us this is exactly what happened. Look at verse 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality or fornication as some of them did. And in one day, 24,000 died. The copy is error here. They say that maybe Moses said 23. It's 24,000. 24,000 died. The earth opened up and swallowed up 24,000 people immediately. Because there were fornicators. Imagine that. And then watch what he says. Verse 9. Nor let us tempt Jesus Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. Remember in Numbers chapter 21 what happened? As they began to tempt Jesus Christ. The Lord told Moses, why don't you go ahead and make a brass and serpent and put it on a pole. And I'm going to send serpents. And these vipers are going to come and they're going to bite the people. I'm going to punish them. And all they have to do if they really repent and they have faith in me. When they get bitten, all they got to do is look up to the brass and serpent and they'll be healed. And did you know when you read the story that as they were getting bitten because of their callous hearts and their fleshly mind and they were not spiritual people, they all died. God always makes a way for grace and for escape. That's where you see in the ambulances the the pole with the serpent. It came from the book of Numbers. That's where it came from. The symbol The brass speaks of judgment. Typology in the Old Testament. God's judgment was there. But at the same time, God's grace was there. All you have to do by faith is look up and you'll be healed from your bite. So he reminds us of what happened. He says, verse 10, nor complain. As some of them also were complainers. And they complained and were destroyed by the destroyer in number 14. God sent an angel of death and killed a bunch of people. Why? Just because they were always complaining. Imagine that. All these things are examples for us so that we can learn. Verse 11, look what he says. Now all these things, second time he says it. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Why? Because we are living in the last days. And what is the devil doing? He's trying to destroy so many of us. He's trying to kill so many of us. We have to be careful. Be careful that we don't get caught up in sexual sin. 
or fornication, or drinking, or partying, or living a wild life, but looking to the cross of Jesus Christ and living holy lives before God. Lives of obedience to God. That's what God desires. In the last days, there's going to be a great deception coming. You mean, you talk about deception, it's coming. And if people today do not get rooted and grounded in God's word, and if you don't know God's word, then you're probably a candidate to be deceived by the Antichrist and all of the false prophets that will come. That's why it's important to be in Bible study. It's important to read your own Bible. Have devotions in the morning. And read systematically through the Bible. Why? Because you'll get the full counsel of God. But all these things again are written for our examples. Verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Why? We stand by faith. We should never be what? Pressuring or allowing what? Temptation to overrule our life. But we should respect the grace of God. We should respect the grace of God. We should honor it. Because if we don't honor the grace of God, we will become victims of our own circumstances, just like the people of God in the Old Testament. And surely I don't want to end bad. I want to finish well. I want to learn from Moses. I want to learn from the serpents. I want to learn from the rock experience. I want to learn from the Red Sea experience. I want to learn from Egypt. While they were in Egypt 430 years, they were under the slavery of who? Pharaoh, a type of Satan. And yet, when they came out of Egypt and God delivered them, they always wanted to go back to Egypt. And they became murmurers and complainers, idolaters, began to worship other gods. And what did God do? God chased them and God killed them. God destroy them. Well, we hope today's lesson has served as an eye-opening reminder that no matter how long you've walked with God, it's crucial to guard against complacency and temptation. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's message once again, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for the teaching titled Christian Experience. To equip you with more biblical guidance for staying in close fellowship with the Lord, we'd like to offer you Rawls' four-part audio series titled Walking Righteously. This CD pack will point you to the power of daily time in the Word and in prayer, challenging you to fully submit to God's will as you listen for His direction. Get in touch with us today to order Rawls' four-message series titled Walking Righteously. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this audio four-pack for a gift of $19 or more. Our phone number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, 
Diamond Bar, California, 91765. And don't hesitate to take advantage of our many free Somebody Loves You resources. If you've missed a program or would like to listen to one again, use Spotify or iTunes to download the podcast. You'll also want to join Rawl on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk. It's a Q&A program with Bible-based guidance for daily living. For biblical insight to help you start every day focused on the Lord, visit our website to sign up for Rawl's daily devotional emails. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your partnership is a great blessing to us. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Be sure to join us next time for more wisdom from 1 Corinthians. Together, we'll consider how each day is a fresh opportunity to glorify the Lord, and when our faith is tested, we can honor God with unwavering obedience. Here's Rawl with a closing comment. How we need to be careful how we deal with the things of God. We need to be very careful. And the best way to deal with temptation is that immediately the moment you're tempted, man, is to go to your knees and to go to the Word of God and to pray to Jesus Christ and to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your life. And the quickest way to do that is to immediately kill the flesh by being obedient to the Word of God. That's how we do it. And yet there are so many people that every day just give pleasure to their flesh. No conviction at all. They eat, they drink, and they play. And yet one day, when Jesus Christ comes again, they're going to have to stand before God, and they're going to have to give an answer to God for everything they have done. May God help us to listen to Paul's counsel. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.